0: Going back is Parente at the
1: wall, looking up. Hey, everybody. It's Jacob, Eric, Jake, and Liz of CITR Sports here, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the unseated grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9, Always keep you up to date with the latest UBC sports news, standings, and stories.
2: Yeah, um, before we get into the show, I'd just like to say um, our hearts go out to those affected by the Humboldt Broncos bus crash in Saskatchewan. Um, 16 people lost their lives in the accident. Uh, members and staff of the Junior A Humboldt Broncos hockey team. Today has been designated as like a day to wear hockey jerseys or wear green and gold, to show your support. I've seen lots of people walking around campus doing that today. Um, if you want to help out um, financially, there is a GoFundMe page. Um ca.gofundme.com slash funds dash four dash Humboldt dash Broncos. That's Humboldt, H-U-M-B-O-L-D-T. They've already raised almost $10 million. Um, all of the money goes directly to the families um, and survivors of the crash um, that have been affected. Um, so, yeah, just sort of – it's it was a ho- horrible tragedy. Such a tragedy. Though. But um, the the support has been outstanding. Um, and like, UBC
1: Women's Hockey today just actually yeah. – uh, they taped up their sticks with the names of the – those who passed away in the accident. Yeah. Um, on a brighter note, today we do have a special in-depth interview with UBC baseball's Anthony Kuzadi, And then afterwards, we will take a quick look around UBC sports. Without further ado, let's listen in to what Anthony, or as I learned, Tony Kuzadi, had to recently say about his team and personal journey to catcher slash super utility man for the UBC Thunderbirds. Hello and welcome to CITR Sports. This is Thunderbird Eye. I'm Jacob Eric here today with Anthony Kuzadi. It's such a pleasure to have you on. Thanks for, thanks for coming on to the show today.
3: Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: So I'm looking at you. You're in your fourth. You're now in solder. And you're a very good student athlete. But what got you into baseball when you were little?
3: Um, well, when I was younger, I played all sports. I played football, baseball basketball soccer any lacrosse anything really that you can name and anything with a ball and I was out there playing and I fell in love with baseball
1: was did you have family members that kind of introduced you or pushed you to play baseball over the other sports um no not really my my dad always said you
3: play whatever you want and if you whenever you want to stop playing a sport you can stop playing and
1: it's up to me so when you were starting on baseball you were born in Burnaby correct yeah Yep. And your first experiences with baseball were in the Hastings Little League, correct? Yes. Yeah. That's which where it all started. right, which was yep. crazy because you, with your All Star team, yep. actually made it to Williamsport for the Little League World Series yep. in Pennsylvania mm-hmm. to represent Canada.
3: Yeah, that was uh, it was one of the big, one of the most proudest moments of my life. That for sure, it was, it was such a great experience, and to be in on that big of a stage at such a young age is. It's pretty overwhelming, but it's something that you'll never forget.
1: How old were you when you went to represent Canada? Because all-star depends, right? For literally, you could be, I believe, 10, 11, or 12. Uh,
3: yeah, well, you uh, the...
1: I know they was, break up the age yeah, brackets. there's minors, and then there's
3: majors. So that, that would be the majors age, and it, I think it was, you're either 11, 12, or you could even be 13 if you had a good birthday. Oh, so okay. I was 12 at the time. Or no, I, was, I think I was 11 at the time. Mm-hmm.
1: This is Anthony Kuzadi, the catcher slash utility man to a degree yeah. for the UBC Thunderbirds that I'm here with today. And talking about Little League, it's, it wasn't just you, but you actually had some other family members. Stephen Moretto, your cousin, yeah. and Antonio Cusati, yeah, the the more Italian you, basically. Yeah. <laughs> they both went on as well to represent Hastings Little League, and they well, both made of us. it.
3: I went in 2009, Stephen went in uh, 2012 and then Antonio won in 2016. So, wow. Every 3 or 4 years there's one there's one of the Kazattis or Morettos coming up in the World Series, I guess.
1: And were you guys all equally successful?
3: <laughs> I'd say so. I mean, we all had great careers at Hastings. Hastings was great for to all three of us and we've all we all uh went on to play uh high school baseball. Antonio's still playing high school. Steven's actually at Sacramento State, Div- Division 1 baseball and he's doing his first year there and he's doing great and
1: yeah, he he actually played shortstop for Team BC for a bit too. or
3: to, uh, Steven? Steven? Yeah, Steven did, he did. I represent- think it was in
1: uh 20 uh 20, 2014 or so, he represented under 17 Canada. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 At yeah. the Canada Cup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And since your little league, you've you personally have then gone on to represent Team British Columbia, many times, can you walk us through a bit of your baseball timeline after Little League? So, after
3: Little League, I had to choose whether to go play bantam baseball for a year or two or go straight to the the British Columbia Premier Baseball League. And
1: can can you break those down for the average person listening?
3: British Columbia Premier Baseball League is the it's like it's the main it's the best baseball league in BC. I don't I'd say it's the best baseball league in Canada. People in Ontario would argue that they're <laughs> better, but I'd say ours is the best. But, uh, yeah, so there's 12 teams. There's teams from all over British Columbia. And uh, so I had to decide whether to go...
1: And this is right after Little League.
3: Right after Little League, yeah. So it was a somewhat big decision, but not really, because eventually I would have had to go to the PBL. Okay. The BC PBL.
1: Because that's where all the, quote-unquote, like, that's talented... Where, yeah, like that's if, you, where, if you want to advance further, yeah, exactly. play college ball yeah. or not.
3: Yeah. And so... Yeah, I ended up picking uh, the North Shore Twins. That's in, right in North Van, uh, because of one coach, uh, John Har, who's a legend and he's in the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. And mm. and my dad had heard from around from uh, from sources that uh, there was nobody better to learn the game because little league baseball is a lot different than regular. Baseball. Oh yeah, there's no lead offs. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot a lot of things different. And when you go to the real game, it's a it's a big change and. You want to learn it from somebody who really understands how right. to, how to teach it and
1: understands the game very well. And then, fast forward a few years, you're in high school now, let's say. You were a multi-sport athlete all the way up till high school. You were actually the QB, yeah. correct? Yeah. And you played cool. a little hockey on the side.
3: Yeah. quarter. I played football until grade 11, and I played hockey until grade 10, I believe. So yeah, I was always jumping. What was your
1: schedule like? Did you even go to school? <laughs>
3: I went to school on most
1: days. <laughs> <laughs> and was it your personal choice then to further pursue baseball and and kinda um, give up to a degree, I guess, on the football and hockey dreams?
3: I mean football was always tough because it we our team honestly wasn't very good in high school, but that was just there was some good teams in our league and eventually it got to be too much with baseball and football. And uh hockey I was always kind of guy. I never, I just never worked hard enough. The thing about baseball that I love most is that it's a thinking man's game. Right, half the like more than well over half the game is mental. Mm-hmm. You always got to think plays through, and that eventually, I just had. to That's fix what you decided it. on. And
1: yeah. And then, how did you land on UBC? Once you once you chose to stick with baseball, you know you pursue it seriously. You're yeah. good enough. You're qualified to get into colleges. But did, what other colleges were on your radar, and what? made you, I guess, end up here?
3: Honestly, I'd say probably from grade 9, grade 10 on, my goal was to come play here at UBC Mm. for, one, because the schooling is unbelievable. You're not going to get a better degree anywhere. You're in the Sodder School of Business yeah. Yeah, I'm in Sodder, so that's a great program. So, honestly, it's just... And I, you just I worked hard and, here and uh, were boys. able to
1: get in because of your grades? Yeah. You kept up good grades yeah. through high school and whatnot?
3: Yeah. I never really even... I pr- pursued a little of some schools down in the States, but if I got in here, I was going to come here, and that's what I ended up doing.
1: And when you did come here, you started as a third baseman, correct? Yeah, I did. But yeah. now you kind of play this role where it's like, oh, I'll catch some days. Oh, I guess I'll drop in at second from time to time. You played catcher second, and third this season, if I'm not missing any? And shortstop. And shortstop. And shortstop. So, basically, anywhere in the infield minus first, Pretty much, you're good yeah. to go. Yeah. Wh- how did this role come to be for you?
3: Um. Well, a couple years ago, I was third baseman and... I wasn't very really playing very well. Like, I wasn't able to swing the bat very well, Okay. but I w- always took pride in my defense, and I was always pretty good defensively. Which, outside.
1: thankfully, is not the case anymore. Th- yeah. We'll touch on that so. a little later.
3: Yeah. <laughs> um, but the uh, coaches thought, uh, they actually had a coach come in to with us from for, for our spring training trip in uh, California, and uh, he, he coaches in the Chicago White Sox system. What,
1: what year was this, your first year? This
3: was my sophomore year, okay. so my second year. And he came in and he works in the White White Sox uh, yep. system and he catched in the minor leagues for like 10 plus years. Okay. So he knows what he's talking about. And he saw me play third base and he's like, that kid's a catcher. Mm. Just by the way, my ready position, because I was so low. and right. I, just You're way, built kind of like a catcher too. Yeah, and I'm a solid, six, six pretty 6'3", 220. Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> big for a catcher. But that's how some of
1: Nowadays, you'll get catchers not, more like yeah, that, right? Sure. You're like Salvador Perez. one, Yeah, home.
3: monster. But... Uh, yeah, and he said, yeah, you guys got to make this kid a catcher. So that next summer, I went down to uh, Kannapolis, uh, North Carolina with him, with that guy, to work with him for a week and a bit. And it was it was not fun at first, this transition, moving to catcher. It was There's a lot of days where you tell yourself, man, I don't think I can do this. Yeah. It's, Catching's tough. It's very tough. and it's, I actually, I
1: made the transition way back when really? I, yeah, I couldn't do it. I went to it's, center field. It's hard. It's <laughs>
3: really hard. You just never think that you're actually going to be able to do it until then one day it'll just, something will click with your blocking or the way you're receiving the ball and it starts coming together and coming together and eventually you get comfortable there. And
1: and now this season, you guys are on 11-2 and two win streak Three out of your four homers have come during this, as well as 15 of your season's 25 RBIs. Not to mention, you're currently riding an eight-game hit streak. I don't know if you've been aware of this. I am not aware of that. <laughs> um, Hopefully didn't me. Yeah, <laughs> That's true, knock on wood. You're the hero on Sunday as you hit a go-ahead two-run homer in the bottom of the sixth. And then your pitching kind of took a hold and closed out the deal with 15 Ks on the day. You guys ended up winning 2-1 because of your home run?
3: Uh, I wouldn't say it was just because of my home run. Like to have a win streak like that, everybody's gotta chip it and that's really what it's come down to. Right. What
1: what do you guys think has caused this eleven and two outburst, especially against the last opponents? I understand you did drop a couple, but it's yeah. Lewis and Clark State oh, yeah. three time NAI defending champs. What what do you think has propelled you guys to find such success in the mid to late season here?
3: Um it's well like to start the year we we were struggling quite a bit. It was we couldn't there was no consistency in the way we played. We would win one, lose two, win two, lose three, win two and so on and so forth. And I just think we didn't we didn't really trust that we could do it. Like there we'd show signs that oh wow, we can really play this game. We can pitch, we can hit, we can play defense, we can base run. But it would only be short spurts of it and then right. we get blown out a game and then but then I think something switched. We came back home. We were feeling we – because we were on the road for, like, our first 27 games. and
1: uh, Right, because the new, because built, of the new stadium built, which is gorgeous.
3: Which is unbelievable. And I think just coming home was – it was a treat. And to play in front of some fans for once. And mm-hmm. just the feeling of playing at home is just so much different. And since we've come home, we've played – it's been It's a different. Chip, it's a different baseball team it's, to look it's at. It's honestly a different baseball team. Like everybody chips in. It's just I don't even. It's hard to explain. Right it's where just, where you
1: guys maybe had previous struggles, maybe one game pitching and the next yeah. game be batting. Everything's on. Like I said, yeah. you were able to come up clutch, mm-hmm. get that home run, but you're pitching 15 Ks yeah, on the day exactly. against we would Lewis have and been Clark there
3: with them pitching, and then there's also those, the great plays behind them. Yep. Little thing, it's little things, uh, base running, just p- taking that extra base when you have a chance, or or when somebody makes a diving play. It's those little things that g- go unnoticed by the average eye, but that's that's how you put together a win streak like we like we have.
1: And so far this season, you're personally now batting over 300 at 304 on the season. I mentioned 25 RBIs. You have four homers, 16 runs. You've played second, third catcher. Your biggest asset for this UBC team, in your own opinion, because you play utility man, but you're Offense is really good as well. What do you think your personal best asset is?
3: I honestly say wouldn't it wouldn't be my offense. I'd say my defense. I've, like I've said, I've really started to get comfortable with my catching. And I think working with, because our, our starting pitchers are actually pretty young this year. And I love working with them. And I've really had a chance to see them develop as pitchers. And they're really starting. They're Who do
1: you like catching the most?
3: Who do I? I? I can't say that. <laughs> but honestly, there's not one guy I, don't, I like catching the most. I like, like catching all of them. It's fun. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Braden Alvin. He's my yeah. roommate, and he's he's actually also a catcher. And right. He just started- yeah. He's
1: he's interesting too because he'll pitch and then he'll get into the lineup. And if you look yeah. at the stat book, you're like. Is this guy like Babe Ruth or <laughs> nowadays Otani? Right, Otani. That's he's like that's a sure everybody's been calling too far. Him. He's a too far yeah. athlete.
3: No, but I he actually just started pitching this year and he's been lights out. And it's I love catching him. It's fun.
1: And again, you guys had that ten game win streak because you actually won the first of the Lewis and Clark series. Yeah, you ended up losing some games in the middle, but with eight more games now left in the regular season, pitching's been strong. Mitch Robinson has been destroying the ball heat. You guys are like he leads your team in every offensive category.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. He, Mitch has been ever since he came here, I think it was 2 years ago, he's been he's been a workhorse for us and He he came from He came from where? He came from um uh, Central Arizona okay. Junior College in Arizona.
1: Yeah, the JC's out in the US they're big for people who are trying to, oh, yeah, you know, big make time. a career out of it. Yeah. And so so with all that between Robinson, your guys strong pitching, the win streak or I guess the 11 and 2 record that you guys have boasted in the last 13 What can you guys expect come playoffs? Um, Or is it too early to even uh, think about that?
3: I mean, we still got to solidify our spot in the playoffs, and we're trying to win first in our conference so we can have a better seating in the conference tournament. But uh, honestly, we just got to keep playing good, fundamental baseball, keep doing the little things right, and if we do that, good things will happen.
1: What has kept you personally focused and loving baseball all these years? This is what, your 20- Almost 20th year playing? A little less. Maybe 18th yeah, year playing it's, it's baseball? Crazy,
3: it's crazy to hear that number, like how long I've played this game,
1: and it's my senior year, and I don't... Are like, you not going to be playing a fifth year?
3: I, we only get four years of eligibility, Ah, uh, because
1: it's it's unlike other sports where you're allowed yeah. to do it, because yeah. it's not Canada West. Yeah, exactly. So right. it
3: kind of sucks, but um, honestly, I don't know, it's just the love, when you love a game, when you love baseball, it's just, it's, it's it, you can't even put it into words, how much I love going, going to the field every day, practicing. Like you tell somebody we practice all for four or five hours a day, they're like, "Oh, your guys are crazy." Like right. Hockey players they each practice for an hour, <laughs> hour and a half, and they're gone. Yeah. But like it's just going to the field every day, doing the little things. It's nothing's better than it. I, don't, I couldn't see myself doing anything else.
1: So does that mean more baseball now that you're a senior, or are you pursuing business? Solder's a great school. Yeah. But you're also a great baseball player. Yeah. Where does this leave you?
3: I honestly, I don't know when the season comes to end. I'm planning on going to play. Last summer, I played in Edmonton with the prospects. Okay. In the Western Major Western Major Baseball League, and I'm planning on going to play there again because a couple of my teammates are going back too because they're from. Do you have Edmonton. names? Uh, Jake Lanferman okay. and uh, Tony Olson okay. or Anthony Olson, I guess. Yeah. But I'm, I, I. You're I, the Anthony. I, he's the Tony. No, I'm the Tony. You're the Tony. I'm the Tony. He's Anthony. He likes to think that he's. So the we're Tony. here
1: with. Tony Kuzadi, not Anthony Kuzadi. No, everyone, I'm, no, I'm known as Tony <laughs> on the field,
3: or Coos. Okay. Funny. And then if something happens from there, if something happens. I'm just gonna kind of play it by ear. And in terms of uh, business-wise, and my solder degree, I'm I won't finish my degree for another year here. Okay. Maybe a year and a half, depending on if. So I you're do still it. gonna be at school here, yeah. even though you're done with baseball. Exactly. So it's gonna be it's gonna be quite the change if there is no baseball anymore. Well, there will be no baseball anymore next year. Hopefully, there's a chance I could play professionally, but... Yeah,
1: you actually have a MILB, like a, a minor league, rather profile online own. were you aware of really?
3: that no i have no idea yeah i searched it up
1: that's so cool like that really? was my dream as a kid right that's most kids like oh i've made it i have this professional <laughs> baseball yeah. identity
3: i didn't even know that that's cool
1: so you're you're on the boards you're out there in the world <laughs> who knows
3: maybe it's not me maybe there's another anthony cusadi
1: <laughs> out there <laughs> another 6'3 220 guy from burnaby i don't know those would be pretty crazy odds thank you so much tony for coming on the show today it's been great we're here with anthony cusadi the catcher second third and apparently shortstop for ubc is there anything else you'd like to add before we head out
3: um just thank you for having me on the show it's a pleasure and hopefully uh i come back someday and we can have an interview when we win the world series how about that
1: sounds good to me thanks again awesome hello everyone that was tony cuzzotti of the ubc thunderbirds we're going to take a quick break for ads and psas here and we'll be back in a few minutes Discorder magazine has been supporting local music for over 30 years. Thanks to the long-term support of the Rickshaw Theater, Discorder lives.
2: Your favorite bands are playing at the Rickshaw Theater? Check out their calendar just behind the cover of Discorder magazine or at rickshawtheater.com.
0: perfect? UBC Acapella can sing on harmony in cue. Made up of 100 members across four choirs, the student-led club regularly performs on and off campus. Check out UBC Acapella on Facebook for more information regarding their Aka Amazing end-of-term concerts.
2: Hello, and welcome back. Um, I know we just talked about baseball for a bunch of time, but we're going to talk a little bit bit more about baseball. um, Because our guest, uh, Anthony Kazadi was a very big part of a very successful weekend that saw the Birds stop a 12-game win streak by their opponent while extending their own to 10 games. They also split a four-game series against the best team in NAIA. After a scoreless first inning in Game 1, the defending three-time NAIA champs put a run on the board in the second but the Thunderbirds responded with a five spot, which had a two-run
1: double from Kuzati. And then jumping all the way to the end of the game just for time, birds are still up by four. There's two doubles, which saw the Warriors pull within three, and then they would add two runs after Kyle McComb booted, which would have been the game-winning double play. And then bases loaded, uh, Lewis and Clarks within one. Aylman throws a wild pitch that tempted uh, the runner on third, Mason Verge, into, a, into trying to steal home for the game-tying run but Kuzadi was able to recover the ball, flip it to Aeoman, and get out and save the game for the birds.
2: It was a crazy end to that one. Um, a lot of crazy ends. Great really.
1: defense by, there by Anthony. Yeah, for yeah. sure.
0: Unfortunately, the winning streak came to an end as in game two and three, the Thunderbirds were just dominated. In those two games, they allowed 30 runs. Yikes. Put Oof. up just six themselves. Bye-bye ERA. <laughs> yeah. Just, that's just obviously a sign of a very bad couple of games. You're going to kind of gloss over them. (laughs) Not talking about (laughs) this. We can just ignore these. Uh, In both games, the damage came in one big inning. It was a seven-run sixth inning in game two and a 12-run third inning in game three. Lewis Clark really putting their stamp on the game
1: and just... Everything went wrong. everyone
2: we, yeah, I mean errors, missed spots, hit batters, <laughs> bad ground balls with scoring position. it's just it which is unfortunate because they
1: put out such a strong game one. So they they ended at 10 game win streak, but mm-hmm. they were able to rebound rather well in game four.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, an amazing amazing pitching performance um, in his first start of the season from Braden Ailman. Um, he went five innings, allowed just two hits, and nine strikeouts. He was named um, Cascadian Collegiate Conference Player of the Week for this performance. Um, just an all-around amazing pitching day for the whole team, really.
1: And the Thunderbirds were able to get some runs on the board thanks to a nice double-team effort by Jake Lamferman, who started off with a leadoff walk in the sixth, and then, who else, rather than Anthony Kuzadi, who we just heard from. To go ahead, two-run homer to right field, which I mentioned in the interview.
2: That was also the clip that you heard at the start of the show. Yeah,
1: and that was actually what ended up being the only two runs that Thunderbirds would put up on the day, but it was enough for the win, 2-1 final.
4: Yeah, and in the end, the birds combined for 15 strikeouts on the evening. It was one of the finest pitching performances, as UBC had all year featuring excellent relief appearance from Jack Caswell and Pat Vanderb- Vanderbrink. And now uh, with this series, the Thunderbirds was moving to the crucial second point of conference, unfortunately, which would send them to the playoffs if they can still retain it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Thunderbirds will be playing Corbin this weekend in a crucial four-game series. If they do well in that, that will probably send them to the playoffs. I we're mean, live. We're, we're live on CITR. We checked out the stadium today. It's all ready to go.
1: It's I'm so excited. So psyched. beautiful. It's Eric and beautiful. I will be uh, doing those games together. Yeah, pumped, absolutely. Pumped to bring those to you guys. The Saturday game starts at 1, 1 p.m. and Sunday 11? Starts at 11. Yeah, okay. Both doubleheaders. Cool. Mm-hmm. Moving
0: on to softball, the team has had some life recently. After splitting a series in Montana two weeks ago, the Thunderbirds returned home and won a three-game series against the College of Idaho, pushing them up to seventh in the Cascade Conference.
2: College of Idaho hasn't had a lot of luck lately <laughs> against, against
0: Not the Not against the Birds, yeah.
2: No. Uh, the first match ended with a UBC extra innings victory as Emma Tucson threw a 10-inning complete game. What? Uh, setting a, a school record for innings pitched in a single game. Uh, she gave up just six hits and three runs. It's not thunders.
1: just the baseball team that's good right now. Yeah, Softball team's sure. got some power behind it. Uh,
2: just six hit- hits, which I mean isn't great, but over 10 innings, it's pretty great.
1: Um, and three runs, the Thunderbirds took it 4-3. Cindy Brown also had a fantastic game, uh, hitting four for five with the run scored, and it was Emily Chor- Chorpita who scored the winning run in the 10th off an infield hit from Taylor Jones.
4: Yeah, and in the game, too, unfortunately, it wasn't going to BBC's just, favor.
1: Just like baseball. Yeah. yeah, the middle of the series. No symmetry going on between these two teams.
4: Exactly, yeah. and it was a one-run game right up until the final inning when Idaho's Tristan Koft smashed a three-run home run just inside the foul pole. And the Yolts added one more run after that, while Thunderbirds were only able to muster six hits after recording 14 in the first match.
1: The series ended with another Thunderbirds victory, just like baseball again. Another great pitching performance as Chantel Twinstra threw her second complete game. She's been hot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's been really right. good. And this uh, Last week, she threw a, a CG as well. And she only gave up three hits. Incredible. <laughs> great pitching. Her and Ailman over the past uh, weekend there. Mm. While UBC was able to really rout the Yotes um, 8-1 final. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Twinsters'
0: complete game the other week was also three hits. Yeah. So, I mean, very consistently great the last couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, UBC scored two runs in the first inning in this one and then blew the game completely open in the fourth, putting up five runs in that inning. Claire Eccles and Paige Harbord both hit two
1: of four in this one and combined for five RBIs. Strong offensive performance. Good to see from the softball team.
4: Yeah, and after that, take a look at track and field as the Thunderbirds took a trip to Seattle last weekend where they had participated in the Track and Field Invitational in Bellingham, Washington at Western Washington University. And overall, the t enjoyed a decent weekend with more than 20 athletes reaching the A standard of automatic qualification to the upcoming NAIA National Championships.
1: The women's 4x800 meter relay team consisted of Natalia Hawthorne, Sandra Kilmartin, Jamie Hennessy, and Madeline Houston, who finished first with a time of 964 helping punch them to their ticket to the NAIA championship. Also, Kieran Lombalso finished top spot in the A standard with 743.03. And
0: on top of that, the women's 4x100 team, Tegan Wilson, Jessica Williams, Kier Pedersen, and Hassi, Fashina bombada finished second. They also qualified for nationals. For long distance, Thunderbirds completed a sweep on the women's 1500 meters. Natalia Hawthorne, Nicola Simons, and Sandra Kilmartin rounded out the podium finish for the Thunderbirds.
2: Um, we're gonna. Uh,
1: sorry. <laughs> the women's uh, three thousand meters steeplechase saw Madeline Brunt winning the event with a result of ten fifty point one. While on the men's side, John Gay also came away with convincing first place finish eight fifty nine zero three. In the women's five thousand meter, it was anid Ao who completed completed the first place with a personal best of seventeen seventeen point three. Schultz earned automatic standard for the ten thousand meter last week during the UBC Open Meet. And wrapping it up, it was Tyler Dawsey taking this top spot in the men's 5,000 with a time of 14.31.62, while Gay had a chance to stand on the podium right beside him with a time of 14.3.302. For Gay, this was his third automatic qualifying time in the last week after reaching the A standard in the 1500 meter at the UBC Open meet. So up next for the Thunderbirds,
0: they have a UBC high performance meet on April 25th. And taking a quick Look at rowing. Last weekend was the Brown Cup, an annual event pitting rowing crews from UBC up against the Victoria Vikes. First matchup was the women's junior varsity teams. The Vikes blew Thunderbirds out of the water, winning by a couple boat lengths. Up next were the men's junior varsity team. This one had a bit of a chippy start, oars clashing. In the end, the Vikes came from behind to win by just half a length. The women's varsity team cruised to victory against their UBC counterparts in the third race of the day. But the men's varsity race had some dramatics as the first attempt to do the race ended with a crash that actually damaged the Victoria boat. And there was (laughs) actually a delay for repairs in this one. And uh, after a back-and-forth race following the restart, the Vikes pulled ahead in the end, won by boat length, won the Brown Cup. And the last event for the year for the 32nd rolling. annual. The 32nd annual Windermere Cup on May 5th.
2: Nice. Um, before we let you go, um, the Commonwealth Games, which we've been discussing for the past couple of weeks, um, we actually had some medals, um, which is pretty exciting. Marcus Thormeyer. Marcus Thormeyer with the bronze in the men's 100 meter. Erica Seltenreich Hodgson with the. Seltenreich Hodgson. Seltenreich Hodgson. Which I
1: predicted as silver. She ended up with the bronze. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Not bad. It was uh, kind of there. I, I, was off,
2: I was off the mark with Kissel. Yeah. Well. Uh, bronze in the 200-meter individual melody, medley, specifically. Um, in basketball, uh, Canada defeated England 97-79 to earn a berth in the semifinal behind Connor Morgan's 24 points. Yes, sir. Um, great Huge game, game by Morgan. Yeah, for
1: sure. Um, and men's rugby, the other uh, contingent- Shepherd, Shepard, by the way, is also at the Commonwealth Games. Yeah, and- for sure.
2: Um, uh, the other Canadian contingent, or the, uh, rather the other UBC contingent uh, for Canada is men's rugby, um, because sadly the women's field hockey team, which was mostly Thunderbirds, uh, got eliminated. Um, but they get underway on Friday, that's tomorrow, um, we're hoping to have a good showing from them. Uh, just looking at what's coming up, it's, uh, mostly baseball and softball. In fact, it's all baseball and softball. <laughs> it's um, what I like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's good. sure. Uh, the Corbin, the Corbin series, which we will be bringing you live, um, obviously, uh, for men's baseball. And for women's softball, um, they are visiting Eastern Oregon. Um, and those games get underway at 11 a.m. on Saturday and Sunday as well. Um, there's also men's rugby facing Mariloma RC.
1: Things are starting to get a bit quieter around campus as we as well will start be getting quieter. Next week will be our final Thunderbird Eye. So thank you all so much for tuning in to CITR 101.9 today. Keep checking us out on Twitter and Facebook. We will, again, be live on Saturday and Sunday. And thanks to UBC Baseball's Anthony or Tony Kuzadi for taking time to chat. Saturday games will start at 1 p.m. Pacific, and Sunday games kick off at 11 a.m. The upcoming show will be Shoes on a Wire, hosted by Madeline Taylor. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jake McGrail, Eric Thompson, Liz Wang, and myself, Jacob Ayer. Listen next Thursday for the final episode from 3.30 to 4, and have a great rest of your day. Check
2: out the baseball broadcast, too. It's going to be great.